in our industry, 2020 was a year of mergers and acquisitions. If you ever thought about selling your business, now is the time. But what you really need to be asking yourself is your business ready to sell. And that's what we're going to talk about on this episode, as together we are building the future. This is the Building the Future podcast. I am your host, the Lumberjack, Brett Thorne. On this show, we explore topics including construction, building materials, real estate, remodeling, housing market, industry news, new products and trends, technology, government, everything you need for building the future. Welcome back to the Building the Future podcast. I am your host, Brett Thorne. And with me tonight from Next Level Essentials is Mr. Ryan Brown. Welcome to the show. Brett, thank you. It's uh, it's an honor being here. Really appreciate it. Wow. So this podcast thing is uh, is like kind of like become going from a hobby to a, like an obsession almost, huh? And yeah, I guess it is kind of a hobby, but truly, I mean, it, it's been more of personal and professional growth and development for me. So I, I take it more of a maybe a business passion, I guess. Passion. There you go. See, that's important to have one of those, I think. And, you know, if, if you don't really enjoy what you're doing, it's going to show and it's going to manifest itself in other ways. And um, I assume you, you enjoy the, the lumber business, Brett, do you? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's just such a great industry. Um, you know, it's it's one of the few industries where a handshake still means a lot. It still means something. I mean, there's a lot of industries. The handshake doesn't go very far at all. I mean, it's just a very humble, a very friendly and open industry. I uh, I got into this business, this industry, if you call it building products industry, um, my junior year in college. And uh, I had this college professor after class that said, hey, hey, Ryan, um, there's this group out in Texas that, that would like to talk to you. And I, so I was in ceramic engineering and wasn't sure what I was going to do with all that. And, uh, he set me up into, uh, the brick business with Acme brick to start as a Warren, Warren Buffett company. And, uh, I, uh, I loved it. I couldn't believe how, how drawn I was to this little business that made widgets and then and put them on a truck and sold them. And, and, and that, that whole thing, and it, and it just got into my blood, and um, I, I really haven't been out of it, except for three years when I joined an international consultancy. Ryan, what I want to pick your brain about, I mean, I know that you, you do a lot of uh, business prep for sale, um, and you, gosh, you got to look at, I mean, look at all the M&A that's, that's happened in our industry. I mean, you know, look at last year alone. I mean, my, my goodness, I mean, okay, so you got... Um, uh, a BFS, a BMC merger. I mean, that was obviously huge. That's one of the big deals that happened. But you look at, there were so many other things going on. You had um, Heritage Landscaping, you had Nation's Best Holdings. Both of those companies, I think, did like five, six, seven deals a piece, you know, for new acquisitions. You had um, you had a lot of private equity firms, or a couple of private equity firms. You had um, Bain Capital became the majority holder in USLBM. You had, there's, a, there's one, American Services, does that sound right? LLC? American service, something like that. And, and uh, 
my understanding is they're new to this industry and they bought what they made two acquisitions, but hell, they were huge. I think they came into like almost 250 locations. And this is a, uh, a private equity firm that has never, as far as I understand, has never been in the building materials industry space. And yet now they've got 250 locations. I, I mean, I think they said there's almost what 500 locations that changed hands last year. You know, there was like 40 some companies that were buying last year. So, I mean, obviously M&A has been huge in the last 12 months. What are you seeing on your side? I mean, obviously you're doing, since you do a lot on the prepping, I'm assuming, is it okay to call it just, you know, business prep for sale? Uh, it, I guess it extent. I mean, that's, that's part of it. Some of it is they've already bought the business and they want to, they want to extract the so-called synergies out of it, right? That they've, uh, you know, they bought these 10 businesses. Maybe it's a PE group and they don't really know anything about the lumber business, let's say, but they, they know they need to squeeze some value of it. And, and, uh, satisfy shareholders if they're a public company that 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 sort of stuff or maybe it's let's just use your company and let's, let's say it's thorn lumber and they want to stay independent they don't want to sell they don't want to have to sell and so they they know they have to either keep keep getting better or they're going to start falling falling behind because other people are are sharpening their tools and their business so it's really up and down the spectrum but what I do see is I see a lot of consolidation, not not just in the lumber business. I see it in the building products business. Uh, I'm I'm in one right now where uh, I, I I guess I can't really say who it is, but there's only going to be one giant company now in this. I mean, they're going to have seventy percent market share of all this type of building product, and um, it's it's going to completely change the game and. And this business, though, Brett, this same business that I'm talking about was very mom and pop, um, very fractured a uh, little over 20 years ago. And there was a low barrier of entry and it was, everybody was in it. And now it's down to really two players. So I'm just I'm kind of curious as to what's happening in the LBM business now. I'm not sure exactly what's what's going to happen, but I, I do I do think the landscape will be different in 10 years for sure. So let me ask you, because I know you do a lot of analysis, and especially when it comes to EBITDA, what are the what are some of the biggest factors you see that people can improve the, the your overall end of day? Well, EBITDA being being the earnings before adjusting for interest on debt and taxes and amortization. So you really have three areas that you can look at in, in, in this sort of business where you, you have the on the revenue side, you have like rebates, the buybacks, the adjustments, how disciplined are, are you on, on price? What kind of discounts are happening and why? So you, you have a lot there to really focus in to start with. And that's where I would go first if I were an owner, because that's for every dollar you you save on revenue, it goes right to the bottom line on EBIT. On the cost side, there's two components too. So you have your cost of goods sold, right? So that's like materials and your labor overhead and your, and your, your transport costs to, to get your product there, maybe even warehousing costs. And so there's, oh my gosh, we, we'd probably need another hour to go about, to talk about cost of goods sold. And then you have the SGNA and OPEX costs. And you might be surprised at, at how much expense goes, goes into 
some of these uh, smaller businesses when it comes to travel or uh, vehicles and various insurance and bonuses paid out. Um, and maybe that's all uh, needed, but more times than not, there's, it just keeps adding up year after year. And so I would look at, at those three buckets to directly impact uh, EBITDA right away. And you can do it um, within you know, just a few months. Let me ask you, whenever you get a new client, you bring them on board and they give you a, an income statement or P&L, what's the first thing you look at? I structure the entire, uh, I use something called a driver tree and people that have worked with me will, will kind of smile knowingly when I, when I use that phrase, but it's, uh, I, uh, I will recreate their entire financials on a, on a piece of paper using like a tree format. And it, it, it starts out with, with, with your bottom line EBITDA. And we break it out into, into where all your sales are coming from and where all your costs are coming from. And I look at, well, first of all, I map that out and make sure I understand where all you, what's driving your sales, what, what sort of products are they, what, what is your average selling price, how much volume, where are the adjustments coming from? And then same, same thing with costs. And then from there, I, I would, the first thing I would do after that is look at your trends. So what is your three-year trend on each one of those branches that I've just drawn out? Is it, is it going up? Is it getting worse? Where, where's the hole in your bucket? If there is a hole in your bucket, where, what's driving it? Is it coming from your sales price? Is it coming from your SG&A? Is it coming from your cost of goods sold? You can quickly figure out using sort of like an 80-20 rule, you know, 80% of your problem or your opportunity is coming from 20% of the, uh, of, of the activity. And it's, it's funny, Brett, how often that, that formula seems to, uh, to fit, but, uh, at, at any rate, there's, um, that's, that's, that's what I would do to, to quickly assess the, the heartbeat of, of, of a business like, like that. Are you using industry benchmarks to make sure that those things are aligned or in, in proper positions or, or how are you coming about where the, those holes in the buckets are, I guess. Well, yeah, well, there are uh, industry benchmarks that you, that you can pay to get. I tend to have my own benchmarks. I've, I've, uh, through this company, I've, we've been, we've been collecting for years and then you have your own internal benchmarks too, Brett, that you, that you can also look, look at. So, you, you want to be able to say, okay, is this good or not good compared to the rest of my, my competitors? But you can also say, is this good or not based on what I have done in my past too, in my five years and or the last three years or 10 years, whatever frame. And you might be surprised that a lot of real successful operators don't necessarily have their thumb on the, the two or three metrics that really, really, really matter. No, I'm not surprised at all. Um, it's you know, it's kind of funny because there's so many people out there, and I can't think of anybody specifically, but you know, they say, "Oh, well, yeah, you know, we, we're doing good here. We've improved here, and yeah, they've improved, but they're still well behind the industry average, and there's because they have no bearing of where they should be. Yeah, they know where they are, but they don't know where the hell they need to be going. I mean, it's, it's like having a map without a compass. You kind of got to have them both. I mean, you know, if you're really good, if you're lost and you're going to navigate, you need both equipment. Well, you need to know where you are, but you also need to know where you're going and how you're going to get there. You, you need all the tools. <laughs> <laughs>
No, you you do, and I I think that's what that's what these driver trees are really so so good for is once you get it down and you can figure out okay here's how everything is currently now what 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 if I what if I just change this by a half a percent what how does that flow all through all through the financials right down to my EBITDA number which by the way is 10% below what the industry benchmark should be so we we know what our should is and we know where we're at so we got it we need to at least find those 10 percentage points probably even need to do better than that. And so where, where do we get that? And so it does give you a map of sorts to say, we're not going to attack 30 things all at once. We're, we're going to go after this one. And then we're going to right after that, we're going to go after this one. And here's how much exactly we need to, to move it by to, to get it there. And by the way, how, what's three or four or five projects can we pull out that will actually do that? And you just start peeling away and, and you, you uh, get there. I guess when you break it down into science like that, it's 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 not it's not all that complicated, really, Brett. It's just kind of a process. No, it's numbers. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. They won't bite you, but it's a lot of fun, and I have a lot of passion for it. Well, yeah, I can tell. I do. Uh, I don't feel like it's work at all, and uh, it's it's some of my favorite stuff to do to really get in and and actually make a difference, a positive difference. For a, a family business, let's let's say that that wants to stay independent, they don't have a lot of money to uh, pay some big big box group to help them out. I get a lot of satisfaction for that. What, whatever success I've had, it's because I've just taken the focus off me completely and put it on on the client or whoever I was working with. And well. Like in my business, Brett, I don't I don't really know how to help somebody unless I really get to get in their head and, and walk in Brett's shoes and be Brett for a while and see things through through his eyes. Cause otherwise I'm just spitting out canned solutions or or just saying stuff that might not even apply. And so it, it takes me a lot longer to kind of get into the uh into the the skin of of a business. But after that it's it's great. Um but this you've I I guess you you've seen a glimpse of my process. Just just a little bit. Um, we don't even talk business for maybe the first two or three meetings, really, because I we're, we're kind of assessing whether or not we're you know the right fit and trying to build a bit of rapport to to, to start with, and then and then then we can get in there. Um, but I'm in no hurry. So, Ron, if people want to find out more about your company, what's the best way to do that? Okay, Brett, my email is ryan.brown at nextlevelessentials.net. And we have a website up. It's uh, www.nextlevelessentials.net. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn, uh, Ryan Brown. And, and, my, uh, and my work number, 864-360-3513. And happy to talk to anybody about their EBITDA enhancement concerns or, or opportunities. Our focus is is your focus, uh, but it's 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 mainly on transformational change. And 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 if you're ready to make that, uh, if you're tired of incremental changes and kind of scratching around the margins, then uh, then then let's let's talk. And Ryan, before I let you leave tonight, do you have any closing thoughts for the listeners? Yeah, I think uh, I think people love to solve problems. Um, Brett, I, I think though that people will avoid problem solving situations when they're unsure of how to approach an issue. 
And, and that's one thing that I have positioned this company to, as part of its mission, is to put up the frameworks for you and your company to really succeed. I equate what I do to making a pizza. And I, if I can see your face, I, I know you have a strange look on your face. And it's, it's because any finished product, but let's, let's just call it a pizza because that's fine, has ingredients, it has raw materials. And to, to do stuff with those raw materials, you have to put it through a process and in order to get a, a, an A-grade finished product. And so the, the people at, at, at the client site, their knowledge, their experience, their data, their information, their intuition are the raw materials. And, and what, what I provide is an A-plus process. And so if you can get A-plus ingredients and put it through an A-plus process, mathematically, logically, you have no choice but to get an A-plus product out the other end. And in this case, the A-plus product is uh, satisfied customers, improved EBITDA, sustained positions, and happy re re returns for the owners and, and the employees. And so uh, that's, that's one thing that makes us different than, than other folks, Brad, is I don't pretend to have all the, all the raw materials, and I don't necessarily want all the raw materials. I just want to provide the, the frameworks and the process and use the real experts to, to drive that final result. Ryan, if I'm being honest, you had me at pizza. <laughs> Ryan, I want to thank you again for your time tonight. I appreciate you sharing your wisdom and your wealth of knowledge with myself and the listeners. Brett, it's been a pleasure. Let's do this again. Thank you, sir. This is the Building the Future podcast. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Please like and share. You can find out more at our website, www.buildingthefuturepodcast.com. Together we are building the future.